0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Alright, we're going to do that out loud. I was going to look up the dark The dark The dark The dark, <laughs> the dark. Okay, alright Are there reviews? I've rated What? This is what I'm talking about Morbidly beautiful Which I don't even know what that is Gave it a 5 out of 5. Respect.
0: Morbidly beautiful?
1: Yeah, it's got ratings. Rotten Tomato, IMDb, morbidly beautiful. Now that's my new goal. We need to show up, up there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> our, our rating system needs to mm-hmm. show up on the top of Google search results. I'd call
1: it a... Okay. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. It's time for another episode. A movie episode, which we haven't done in a while because sometimes shits get crazy well
0: and we've been avoiding mainstream content Hollywood yeah, content
1: a little bit yeah in solidarity um for all of these strikes all absolutely. of them absolutely yeah i have no notes you take your fucking power back you do it um so we've kind of been you know we're on the fence about what how we want to proceed and we had a bunch of dune to do so dune it was but we're going to talk about a movie a horror movie. Because it is pre-October, and by that I mean September.
0: It's after Labor Day, and I was at the hardware store the day after Labor Day, Yeah, and they had all the Halloween decorations out.
1: They had it up like... They, in, they uh, had it up before the yeah. hand,
0: but, and they brought out the big inflatable stuff. Oh, yeah. that's That must be the transition point, the inflection point in the <laughs> yeah. annual...
1: And when will this seasonal, shit sell? Yeah.
0: Seasonal decoration cycle. Right. And we're
1: just trying to manifest cooler weather. I'm trying to manifest cooler weather. <laughs> as much as you can manifest anything, I guess. As much as I believe you can manifest anything. Um, so anyway, we've decided to do some horror movies because we've been light on horror lately. and um, In what I think of as traditional fashion, we went for uh, weird and obscure horror movies. Because, hey, hey, it's kind of our brand, I guess. Um, But before we get started, hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Matt. Welcome to the Strange and Beautiful Book Club. Thank you. Uh, to start, I think I just want to read this review because I think... Uh,
0: It'll set the tone.
1: It'll set the tone. This movie was nothing like what I'd expected. I'd call it a horror movie for intellectuals or an extremely dark fairy tale. I like the horror movie for intellectuals. Yeah. <laughs> there are horrific bits in it, but there are lots of hidden meanings in it. And it really makes you think about the real-life horror of child abuse and the struggle of recovering from trauma. I wasn't keen on this movie to start with, as it didn't seem to make any sense. But by the end, I thought it was very good. Some reviews say the acting is poor, but I totally disagree. The two main teenage characters are excellent, and I can't really pick fault with any of the cast's acting. No idea why it's called The Dark. Maybe it's just a metaphor.
0: What's a metaphor?
1: What? So, let's take a moment. i just to pause a moment. And I, I'm going to pull out a soapbox. I have many. This is one I probably stood on before, but here we are. Don't fucking make your titles so vague that people can't Google them without knowing the year release of your movie. If you are a horror movie, it should never be called The Dark. Like yeah. Jude Law is in a vampire movie. Did anybody know that? Probably not. Do you know why? Because the American title is Immortality. No one's looking and able to find a single vampire movie called Immortality. Julian Sands from The Warlock is in a vampire movie, which is not a shitty vampire movie. It's decently good. And what is it called? The Vampire. You have put all of this time and effort.
0: Literally millions of dollars.
1: Millions of dollars into writing a script. Hiring actors,
0: producing, producing distributing.
1: This. Spend 15 minutes. Ask Chat GTP, GPT, GPT, GPT. Um, ask AI. I don't care how you want to do it. Come up with a unique title.
0: Or here's what you do Oh, here's my title. Let me stick that in all the search engines. Yeah. What comes up? If the top result is a Wikipedia article on just the abstract definition of a word, it's the wrong title. Because that's all anybody's going to get.
1: This is happening in books right now, too. Everything is the blank of blank and blank. And I actually read a book and then thought I had read. I saw found another book and I thought I had read the other book because both of them had like crossed swords on a red and black title page. With like one was the kingdom of battle and blood and the other one was the kingdom of blood and ash. How the shit am I supposed to remember which one I've read? The covers look the same. The title is almost exactly the same. I think that was the first title. But the point here is spend a few minutes because this is a good movie. And where did we find this movie at random on Amazon streaming on Amazon?
0: Right. You were just scrolling, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that looks interesting. This movie made like $28,000. It's definitely an indie movie, but it's really good. And it's my favorite way of doing monsters. And I feel like it's the only way we find these monsters is in indie movies is monstrous, monstrosity, monstrosity as a metaphor for like mental illness or trauma. Right. And.
0: And in the end, the real monster is the person. Like, one part, rather than, yeah, the real monster is the human.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's my soapbox. I'm going to put it away. So we're talking about The Dark, which was released in 2018. It's directed by Justin P. Lange. L-A-N-G-E. Lange? Lange? Hard to say. It's in English. The production company is Dark Sky Films. And it was technically filmed in Austria. The main actress is Nadia Alexander. She plays Mina, and I think she does a really good job. Oh yeah. Her scowl has to carry 95 percent of this movie and she nails it. It's a great scowl. she's like a she's got to just stare moodily because she doesn't have a ton of <laughs> lines and, she doesn't. and
0: even a lot of her lines are like voiceover.
1: Yeah. so I think it was really good. I think she yeah. had it. she had the biggest role. She had a lot to shoulder. She yes. had to go through the most growth and then toby nichols plays alex who is the like other teen lead so this is ostensibly like our twilight setup right we have a monster a teenage monster and a teenage love interest except the teenage male love interest is not the monster but he is blind like has been blinded forcibly blinded and then the female monster character is a zombie I guess. Like a zombie. Yeah,
0: like a zombie. Like a zombie.
1: This is like uh, Warm Bodies, like a really, really dark it's, reboot. Yeah, it's
0: like a grim, dark... Grim, dark, warm What, what do they call it? Gritty warm reboot bodies. of Warm yeah. Bodies.
1: So we start off with like a car driving into a gas station.
0: Yeah, and you get the little convenience store.
1: Yeah, and we get this line from the clerk at the... At the gas station, which is our, you know, the f- character, the first, some character in the first act must state the theme. And that's what he does. He He's talking to the guy, even though the guy hasn't said anything. And he's like, oh, this is what you want. Because he's pulled out this map and he circles Devil's Den. And he's like, I guess you guys are coming up here for that, huh? I don't know why you can't get your kicks in the city. You got to drive all the way out here and fuck up our shit. There's no cussing in this movie, but... I'm going to add it. Yeah. Um, basically, he's sick of tourists. You're coming here because we have yeah, this... anybody
0: who shows up being real squirrely.
1: Yeah, it's like his, the notoriously haunted, everybody goes to visit it. I'm yeah. sure anyone who lives near like a epic, notoriously haunted, you're just tired of it. What's the name of the guy who looks like an anime character and he's on every show that has anything to do with paranormal? Zach something?
0: Oh, oh, the reality show guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, um Zach something. Yeah. From his outfit and his hairstyle and like I don't know if he wears makeup. I think he wears some like mascara or something.
1: Zach Zack Baggins. Baggins? Baggins? B A G A N S. Yeah, he
0: totally embodies the like sincere, genuine anime character vibe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, and, you know, he's just creeping outside the window of literally everyone who's ever even seen a ghost. He just pops up out of the bushes and he's like, be on my travel channel show. Um, basically that. And everybody's tired of it. And he thinks that this is what this guy is here for. And then he has this whole like, you know, I like scary stories, too. But, you know, my favorite part about scary stories is I'm not in them. I'm not the one getting chased by a monster. I
0: stay out of other people's business.
1: Yeah. I don't get caught up. I'm fine.
0: I don't get ripped to shreds in front of my own eyes.
1: Yeah, I can enjoy them on the paper, but I don't want to live one. But you do you. Go off. And then the TV starts playing like a most wanted ad. And apparently there's a $250,000 reward for this guy. This guy right here. And the clerk is like, uh, but he doesn't have time to say anything because the guy just pulls out a gun and shoots them. And it kind of happens off screen. We actually don't get a ton of, well, I guess we do. Guy gets an axe for the head. I was going to say, we don't get a lot of on-screen gore. That'd be a lie. Um, <laughs> he does walk out, and there's, like, blood spatter on the side of his face. So they Which was a, a nice touch. It was a nice touch, yeah. And he gets in the car with his groceries, and he drives off. And he forgets the map. The
0: map where the clerk circled Devil's Den. Yeah. And, and then they mention it later. The police do. like, think oh, yeah, we, I'm just following up on that map at Harry's place.
1: Right, and you'd think... If he knew he left the map, which he knows he left the map. Um you'd think if he knew he left the map, he'd be like, Well, the last place I'm gonna go is Devil's Den, but that's all right, it's not that kind of movie.
0: Right. You go somewhere different and now you've let a f you've left a false trail. I know. Like well, that's
1: tactics. it's all right. You know what? It's a good movie, but it ain't that movie. Because he stops and he's like, Fuck, I forgot the goddamn map and then he looks over and there's a sign that's just like Devil's Den, right here and there's <laughs>
0: And he's like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, I made yes. it.
1: Whew. Sweet. And so just he just back
0: up 10 feet,
1: drives down that road, and he gets like a caltrip in his wheel. I love, love the way they set up this girl because the girl is our monster. She lives in this dilapidated house, abandoned house in Devil's Den in the middle of this forest. And she has this whole like trap, it's all a trap. Because she has cow trips in the road to give people flat tires, she's got like boards with nails sticking up outside the exit. Right. She's prepared. She's prepared because this is how she hunts. She just waits for people to come to her. And according to the synopsis, it's been decades. She's been here for decades. Missing. Right
0: later, the one g- there's a group of three guys that are out looking for the boy, and the one guy says. Mina, that was the name of the girl that disappeared when I was a little kid.
1: Yeah. that and one, He's
0: he might be like 25, 30
1: at yeah. the oldest. Well, it's hard for me to get a timestamp on that one because the guy introduces himself. He's like, hey, I'm this guy. That's my friend. And this is my son. And they all look approximately the same age. Yeah. And I was like, "Who? which one was your son? Uh, maybe because they're wearing hats. I don't know. It's hard for me to tell human ages sometimes. But anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> So we were all like, uh, I don't know. She's been missing. She's, people know she's here. She's like a local legend, like a Yeti. Right, not that that it's Mina,
0: just that there's something. A monster. Something in the woods.
1: Yeah, and this kind of is our setup, because this guy drives down there. He gets a flat tire, because he gets caltrop in it. And then he goes into the house, and we think he's alone. He ends up finding this room. He thinks
0: he's alone. He
1: thinks he's alone. He ends up finding this room that is like completely covered in charcoal drawings.
0: Angsty teen like, charcoal angsty, drawings. Like
1: angsty unhinged charcoal drawings. And he's like, well, this is the room I'm going to stay in. Like clearly I'm not going to stay in any other room. You know, that bedroom, that bathroom with the tub full of like bloody clothing. That's probably fine. Eh, that's that's
0: pr- nothing you to know, worry that's about. That's probably
1: where they did their laundry. You know, maybe they got interrupted. Yeah, on laundry they just had day. to.
0: They had to leave on laundry day. Yeah, not a totally.
1: problem. And then he hears. They had to knocking. rush to the
0: hospital because <laughs> someone cut their hand. And then they just and never that's came why, back. That's why ever. all the blood's there.
1: Yeah, and then he hears knocking, and he's like, "Well, the, the obvious thing to do is go investigate that." And there's a hole in the wall, so he sticks his eye up to the hole. In the oh wall. man! Never stick your eye up to the hole in the wall. They
0: did set this up as he's totally going to get like a spike in his eyeball, but then they. He didn't.
1: No, but he almost gets axed because an ax comes through the wall. Let me ask
0: you a question.
1: Yeah, (laughs) because an ax comes through the wall, and he's like, oh, shit. So he tries to shoot, but there's no bullet holes in the wall later. I don't know. This is a very low budget, and I'm just happy they made it, and it's really good. And I'm not going to nitpick too much on the effects because, you know— Basically, we have like three actors, and we probably had like four people doing the. F- There's like four people on the crew. It's yeah. cool. There's no bullet holes. Who gives a shit? And so he, she ends up getting attacked by Mina, who we don't know it's Mina at the time. We just see like a hooded figure with kind of long, greasy hair. Wielding and a
0: large hatchet.
1: Wielding a hatchet. And he ends up running out, going out the back door, stepping on a nail, and the nail goes through his foot. And then she catches him out in the woods. That
0: hurts, by the way. Yeah. I've I've done that.
1: I'm sure you've done that. All the way through?
0: Uh, It went up my heel pretty Mm. far.
1: I put a sewing needle through the back of my hand. I pulled it out with my teeth.
0: Like a badass.
1: Like a badass. Well, Mom used to sew, and then when she was done, she'd just stick the needle in the arm of the chair. And so I was jumping, and I put my hand down on the edge of the chair and put the needle right through my palm out through the back of my hand. Because the it was on the part yeah. that had the wood underneath of it? Yep. Yeah. And then I was worried she was going to be mad, so I just pulled it out with my own teeth. So anyway, we uh, we got to refocus. Oh, he gets a axe to the forehead because he thinks he's lost her and then bloop from above. Death from yes. above.
0: I really like that, that yeah. she like snuck through the branches of the tree.
1: Yeah, she thinks very three-dimensional. Yeah. Like this is her habitat.
0: Um, there's a scene in one of the Jason Bourne books where Jason Bourne is getting pursued by someone who's pretending to be Jason Bourne. He's like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. God, like, look at all these mistakes he's making. And then he catches the guy and he, like, ties him up to a fence. Yeah. And he's like, he could actually get out, but... I know that he can't think, like, three-dimensionally, and he wouldn't understand. Like, it's kind of a test for this guy. Like, if he can visualize what he's actually tied to and the way he's tied up, it's no problem for him to get out of this. But he's like, the guy doesn't think three-dimensionally, and so the guy doesn't get out. The guy doesn't escape. Right. And it's just like, it's, you can't just increase your skill set to, to get to that level. You have to shift the entire way you think about right. how you hunt.
1: Well, she's been doing how, this for yeah. decades. Yep. And then she eats him, which this guy's name is Yosef. So she gets a snack and then she's going to check out his car. Cause he's got car keys in his pocket. And lo and behold, our love interest. Love interest? Mm. Companion. Mm. Companion character is in the back of this car. And this is the one who's had his eyes burned out. Which, again, the makeup is great. I don't know if I've said that yet, but the makeup's fabulous. Oh, yeah. Mina looks amazing. She has, like, part of her head where you can see her skull.
0: And it, her, the bone, you can see cracks
1: in it. Yeah, it's great. And um, Alex has his, like eyes covered this poor actor was very actually blind for this right whole we thing. don't
0: he didn't see any of the set no he
1: did not. <laughs> and it looks amazing and his hair is really luscious i don't know i was like wow his hair is like thick oh yeah
0: it's shiny and, and shiny and, curly. and i was
1: like oh my god hair goals and poor mina has the like Longest, rattiest looking hair the entire time, which fits, if it's her character. And she's all bloody, like she has these dark fingertips with like claw-tipped nails, and then she has like blood on her face.
0: Her hands looked a lot like uh, Bulgasol.
1: Yeah, I thought that too, but that's a Korean drama reference, and we haven't done the Korean dramas yet, so...
0: We might do Bulgasol.
1: I think we should do Bulgasol. It's good. But that's part of his thing is he gets these darkened finger fingertips. And she also has like a dead eye, like one of her eyes is blue. Yeah. And it just Yeah, it's like cloudy.
0: And yeah, the makeup's great.
1: And the benefit of this is he can't see the fact that she looks like a monster.
0: He just knows there's a human shaped thing. Isn't this the plot of
1: like the masked singer? Where they can hear them sing, but they can't see what they look like. It's like a reality show. It's supposed to eliminate the bias of whether or not the person looks good.
0: Oh, they did this in um, uh, like symphony orchestras. Yeah. There was a problem where it was, they were like 90 ish percent men. Mm -hmm. And so they, like, everybody kind of decided we don't actually want it to be this way. It's just part of the bias, whatever. And so they instituted the blind audition. Yeah. And so you would audition behind a screen and they would say you got the job or not based yeah, on how just sounded. listening to you. Yeah. And they didn't know who it was. And same thing. Yeah. Similar thing here. Like you're blind. You don't know what this person looks like. Yeah. You, the only thing you know is how they treat you.
1: Yeah. He don't know. He don't know that she's a monster. Except that he's scared because he's, I mean, he's been, like, abused. This is, like, a child abduction. Joseph abducted him and has, like, trained him to stay in the car, stay under his invisibility blanket. As he keeps saying, there are rules, and I have to follow the rules. And he ends up spending the whole night in the car, and she doesn't sleep, which I think is interesting. So we get a lot of just, like, long, pensive scenes of her sitting. I
0: love When a movie is confident enough in their story that they can just sit with the character, like in silence.
1: And we get a lot of that because that's the point of this is like, we are supposed to absorb the monstrosity of Mina at the beginning. We're supposed to, because she doesn't speak even for the first little while.
0: It's very lived in. Like, her character, like, most of the time with a monster, you only see them when they're attacking, right? when they're being hostile. We don't see the monster.
1: Hanging out at home.
0: When, Like, what do they do in their free time? Like, what do they do when they're not the chasing the protagonist? Yeah. Do they just sit in silence at home? Are they always out scheming? Are they.
1: Like, what do they do?
0: Sleeping. Yeah. Do they hibernate? But Mina just sits on her porch and
1: rocks. And she has a lighter. She flicks the lighter open and closed. And then the next day, because the guy left the map, a police officer appears. And I think this part was really great because we could very much see her as just a monster at this point because we haven't even really heard her talk. Right. And we've seen her kill and eat a guy, which is by any standard monstrous. And so we don't really know if she, where where we fit her yet. We don't know what box we're supposed to put her in because she didn't harm the little boy. He's actually her age. She didn't. She didn't harm the teenager, and, but she did definitely kill a guy. So where where do we fit? And so as soon as the police officer arrives, she hides. She goes in her room. She gets her teddy bear, and she hides in the closet with her teddy bear. Yeah. And this was a really nice touch because it would be easy at this point. To be like, okay, we're going to, we're trying, we're like luring you in a little bit with sympathy and then we're going to use that as like a weapon to make her seem even more monstrous. But at this point we're like, oh no, where is the teenage girl and where is the monster? Like where does the line lie between the two of these? And of course she's hiding with her teddy bear. He kicks open the door thinking Yosef is in there and she gouges the guy's eyes out. And then bites out his throat and then runs away. And the thing she's sad about is that it tore the head off her teddy bear. So she gets this like frustrated scream, which is a really good, just like, oh, God, like I had it great. And all of a sudden this car shows up and it turns out this guy is getting chased by police officers. And then there's ruining everything. "Uh, You're ruined. Like I had it down. I had my call traps. I had my traps. I knew the, the woods around here. I was safe. I was safe and it was predictable. And now it's all gone. And so she puts everything in a backpack. She gets her ratty backpack. She takes her teddy bear her hatchet and she goes she goes down to get the boy she's like come on we're gonna go like you are ruining everything I need to get I'm you out getting of here you
0: away from here so I can go back to peace and quiet
1: and then we get kind of our I mean the, the villain the ultimate villain here is the is Yosef and like people who treat other people like monsters People who act as monsters. Yosef is the monster. The guy who who caused Mina to be what she is. Mina's
0: mom's boyfriend.
1: Yeah. And ultimately, what we're going to discuss about Mina is child neglect, child sexual assault, and the lasting effects. And the way we frame that is making her a monster. Right. And I think that was an interesting... Way of coming at that. And I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about that because we have to. That's what the movie is about. And if I recognize that everyone's journey through the repercussions of sexual assault is going to be individual. So when we're talking about it for this, we're going to be talking about Mina. And if we use generalities, it's to apply to Mina because we're watching her journey, which her mom brought home a boyfriend. And we see her come downstairs, realize it's this guy, and plead with her mother, like you promised you would never bring him home again. And her mom is not there for her. Her nope. mom was like, oh, great, my lovely daughter. Apple of my eye.
0: Totally ruined my night.
1: Yeah, you're going to ruin yeah. my night. And drinking. And actually, she's drinking, but the guy isn't drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So... That we get her background in really little snippets and the transitions into them is always really well done. It's always in like a moment of really heightened emotion for her where she, it, you get the sense that she is continuously reliving that trauma. That what happened to her is not in the distant past. It, she feels like it shaped her and it is her and it is informing who she is in the present. She is allowing the monstrous thing that was done to her to make her a monster, to keep her trapped in this state of desperation, which is shown on the screen as she's a zombie. Right. And so through her interactions with Alex, through saving him, and then we get in, she gets him a phone, but she gets him a phone by like straight up murdering three dudes. (laughs) Well, she murders two of them, and then the third one takes a picture of her and runs off, and she chases yeah. him, and he gets hit by a car. And then the car drives off, which is just another, maybe people are the monsters. Because then as this guy's, like, bleeding out and dying, she just slowly removes the phone from his pocket. Yeah. And then takes it back to right, Alex.
0: I like the the illumination of her character by the fact that she doesn't see herself as a human, and so killing humans is fine.
1: Yeah, it's totally fine.
0: As long as she's, like, defending herself or her property or, in this case, a friend.
1: Yeah, and once she starts to move past that, once she starts to see herself as not something othered anymore, she doesn't want to kill people anymore. Right. Because finally we meet this woman who is going to kill her. She has a shotgun and she's like i don't want to hurt you and alex is the one who ends up killing the woman because as time goes on we realize alex also sees himself as something other as something
0: right he's as traumatized as
1: he's withdrawing from the human race just as she is coming back to it right And we get. And I think it's
0: her recognition of another traumatized person that starts drawing her back.
1: I mean, that's the line in the song that he keeps humming, which is like, we're both broken together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like that we both have broken pieces. And maybe that, maybe we'll find a way to fit together because we're both broken. And that's more or less the theme of the movie. Because as we go through it, her hands are not cold anymore. Her blue eye gets brown again. Her. You know, her monstrous appetite is no longer the same. Even though she tries to eat soup and it doesn't work. Matt was like, well, of course you can't eat that soup now. zombie spit in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: she tries to eat the woman yeah. that Alex killed and she and can't. She can't.
1: Yeah. And yeah, I think one of the most powerful ways that we can use this type of horror is as a metaphor or as a way to make you think. Because horror is taking yourself out of something understood. It's making you feel unsettled in the reality in which you live. And sometimes that means we watch people get ripped apart on screen and it's really gory and things go through people's eyeballs and shit. And sometimes that means who is the monster? Is the zombie the monster? Or is the man who assaulted her the monster? Well, clearly the man who assaulted her is the monster. But does that mean she is a monster too? Just because it made her into something that looked like a monster? And
0: was capable of violence.
1: Yeah. Did that make her a monster? Or was it the fact that she was never given the tools to move through that trauma? That she was allowed to live in that trauma for so long? And that's what kept her...
0: Right. Learning to behave that way as a result of a traumatic event is not necessarily an unhealthy response right. to the traumatic event. It's continuing that, that style of coping after the traumatic event has passed. It it doesn't serve you anymore. Right. And that's, that's the trauma.
1: Yeah. That's when you end up haunting the woods and killing people with hatchets but, and stuff.
0: But responding with violence to the people that, that did harm to you, is not necessarily an unhealthy strategy.
1: Not an ununderstandable strategy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. wouldn't necessarily say it's it, a. Healthy
0: it's, a list, it's a reasonable strategy, right?
1: It's something that we can all like. Okay, yeah, I get that. Yes,
0: totally. that, yeah. like, that makes sense. It's not. It's not wrong. Right. It's not necessarily like the long-term healthiest thing to do, but it's totally understandable and justifiable.
1: Although we find out the first person she killed was her own mother. Yep. And we don't ever find out if the guy came back and she killed him or not. Right.
0: I like that we didn't cover it because that may be why she's stayed traumatized As long as she has, because she's never had that closure.
1: Yeah, she's never been able to bring the guy who did it to justice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know why we only find, or I feel like we only find these types of discussions in what feel like smaller, more indie films.
0: Well, bigger projects means there's more stakeholders. And yeah. you have to convince what the stakeholders I about was, that this is going to make a profit.
1: Yeah. How can you have this conversation with a big studio and treat it with the type of care that I feel like they gave it? Because we don't ever really ascribe like blame to her actions. Right. Yes, she became a monster, she woke up a monster after being assaulted and murdered. And she killed her mother. And then over the course of decades, she has killed, we have no idea how many people. She has been acting out of trauma for a long time. And in this movie, that's represented as a murder spree. But there's never judgment. Alex doesn't judge her for that. Everyone who sees her, sees her with sympathy, like the woman in the truck because she accidentally gets this truck flipped over. And it's not like, holy shit, you're a monster. I need to kill you right now. We never come to a reckoning where it's like, oh, no, we need to destroy her. It's like, oh, you're the monster. Oh, okay. And then eventually she's all better. By the end of it, she's she's moved through it. She's finally no longer trapped in that trauma cycle. And she's human again. And she gets to go out and live a life that she never got to have. And we don't talk about like, is she gonna get is she gonna get brought to justice? Is she gonna have like is she going to feel guilty?
0: Is she going to be held responsible for yeah. her actions while she was like yeah. in this traumatic burden? Where what state?
1: responsibility do you have for the things that you do in your trauma? I mean, obviously if you harm people in real life, if you harm right, people, like, uh,
0: a thing I've seen about ment- mental illness is having a mental illness does not excuse any harm you may do to other people. Right, but it's not necessarily your fault, but you're still responsible for it.
1: Right, right. So, we how do we discuss that? How do how do we become accepting? Of the fact that everyone brings at least a small amount of baggage to the table, and it does inform our actions, and those actions are things that we are responsible for. But at what point do we trip the top, do we tip the trauma scales into, I cannot be held responsible for things that I was done in my untreated state? Right. Like
0: in, um, in the flesh. Yeah, that's why yeah.
1: I use that phrase. Um, that's what happens in In the Flesh. That's one of the things they talk about. I am not responsible for the things I did in my untreated state. And then that's kind of what we're talking about with Mina, too, which is we kind of use her, her, vamp, her zombie appetite as for like maybe there was there was collateral damage in her personal life for the things that she went through. If this was a person who wasn't a zombie, if this was a person who had gone through what she went through, didn't die, went on to live a life without tackling this trauma, she might have acted out against individuals. And so we're using this as like a horror metaphor, which is my, the best use of horror for me. I guess that's why we We talk we tackle horror movies where the reviews say things like horror movies for intellectuals. (laughs) I don't I I don't
0: And I like how they they held up on it for so long. Yeah. Like she's the zombie character, okay. It's kinda weird. We're working through it. And then it's like two thirds of the way through the movie. It's like, oh, okay. She was basically raped and murdered and buried. Yeah. And came back as a zombie. As this, you know, traumatized creature, and it's a metaphor.
1: It's a metaphor. And it's like,
0: oh, that—that's—that's that's the twist point in the movie yeah. is, oh, you thought this was about a zombie girl. It's not about that. Yeah. Here's what the movie is actually about, a about. This and isn't it makes about... you have to go back and r- kind of reassess all the things that you've seen her do.
1: Yeah. It's that some things that are done to you can be so horrific, they can make you into a monster if you don't deal with your trauma. Well, yeah, this is a good movie. I, I yeah. wish the guy who directed it directed like maybe two other things. And one of them is the short version of this movie
0: from 2013, <laughs> from
1: 2011, I think. Yeah. It's like a it's only 17 minutes long. So he made a short and then he was like, yeah, I got to make that longer. He made it longer and it it won some awards. It's on Amazon. It's free to stream. Go out and find it. It's a pensive. It's thoughtful. It's slow. It doesn't have anybody huge name actor that you're going to be like, oh, God, I'm going to watch that for Brad Pitt or whatever. But it's good. There's nothing wrong with a small indie production. And it's something we all need to be paying more attention to now. Because look at what the studios are like. They have left these people out there picketing for months.
0: They're literally waiting for the writers and actors to, like, default on their mortgages.
1: Instead, they're out there courting, like, online influencers and trying to get them to come and make stuff for the studios. Yeah. This is some bullshit. That's some bullshit. And we should all be mad. Because those people on the screen are doing a job. They're there to make money. They're not there to, like, fulfill your nerdy Desires for whatever, whatever. Like they're there to make money and they should be making money.
0: Right. They're there to make a living.
1: Yeah. Everybody should be. If you work a full time job, you should be able to support yourself. Period. Period. End of story.
0: Right. Whatever that works out to be. Yeah. In any area that you're living, you should be able to support yourself. If I'm
1: giving you 40 hours a week of my life, It had better be fucking worth it. I had better be turning around and paying my bills with those 40 hours of my life. I don't need to be working 80 hours a week and still not making it. That's another soapbox. It's a big one. I'm going to go ahead and put it away because it's a rabbit hole. Um, As someone who has worked a lot of minimum wage jobs in my life. And uh, that's why we were like, yeah, we stand with everyone who strikes. Go for it. As long as what you are doing is for the greater good, go off, right? If you're working to increase the greater amount of – if you're trying to lessen the amount of suffering in the universe, we're here for you. Strange and Beautiful Network has your back.
0: Even if you're just working to survive.
1: Yeah. That's still increasing – decreasing the amount of suffering in the universe. The, The
0: lack of you in the world would be a loss. Exactly. So if you're keeping yourself in the world.
1: Mina comes back from being a zombie. Yeah. Thanks to Alex. Because Alex just accepts her for who she is. Even as, even when he finds out she's the monster, which he eventually does, he's like, all right, I'm a little monstrous too. Because we don't know how long Yosef had him. We don't get any answers. Which is fine. This is not that kind of movie. It's not the movie where we get alex's backstory i don't even want alex's backstory i want mina's backstory and we get it yes and the scene where she's assaulted was uncomfortable it was like it
0: um it succeeded in what it was intending to convey
1: yeah it wasn't graphic it was uncomfortable yeah and she's like staring at her teddy bear and i was so sad because our kids love stuffies Love, love, love stuffies. You mean
0: you mean the stuffy king?
1: <laughs> yeah, the self-described selfie king. Yes, our son. It's tr- oh my god. It's like watching him watch Bunny. That would be off. I can't even think about it. Like I can't even. That's not anything that I even want to be able to think about. It's perfectly fine for me to yeah. feel like that is. That's horrific. That yeah. is the definition of horror. Is just the ugh, the visceral feeling of that. I wonder why we gravitate more towards horror movies like this because we were planning to watch a more horror type television show and break down each episode for you guys. But we watched one episode and we were like, I don't know. can't do it. I don't know. I, I always am drawn more to something that makes me think.
0: Yes. Yeah. And And I know I have a reputation for that because a few years ago, your mom told me, Hey, I watched this movie. It was I didn't like it, but I think you'd like it because it was very cerebral.
1: <laughs> I just don't like spectacle. I'm generally not here for the spectacle. I'm here for the story. And I I totally respect people who love horror movies for the spectacle. They like the effects, they like the gore, they like the whole Saw franchise where we just go from escalating grotesqueness to escalating grossness. Great. You know what? I love that people have things that they love. We just talked about this on Feast, Sheath, and Shatter. Because we got a review where they were like, I, I, I don't like that one of the main, like one of the people in the podcast doesn't like my books. And so I don't listen to it anymore. And overall, it was a good, good review. I'm like, thank you for the review. She still gave us four stars. So it was totally, I totally respect her opinion. But I think it's okay for everybody to come at this from a different perspective. Because then we get different types of movies. Uh, We liked frailty. Frailty is horror. Frailty is not gore horror. I actually can't think of many gore horror movies that I... We like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. But that's a well-done satire. And proven fact, we like a well-done satire. Yeah. Because we also like Shaun of the Dead, which is a well-done satire. Do, do we like any gore horror movies?
0: I'm, I'm trying to think of one. I don't think so. Because I, I, I get so invested in the acting and the characters.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm the, there for. the
0: setting and the props.
1: Oh, I liked um, the one where she's playing hide and seek.
0: Yeah, I, I get more invested in the characters. So the settings and the props...
1: Ready are or less not. Less
0: important to me.
1: Ready or not. I really liked Ready, Ready or not.
0: not who what Ready
1: was the- or Not's the one where she goes to her like her wedding. Oh yes. Yeah, I did like I okay. But again I am not immediately <laughs> drawn to Gora horror movies because I was roped into watching that and I enjoyed it. Granted, I have to be roped into watching a lot of new things. But that one in particular had to be roped into watching. But I did enjoy it once I watched it. It's just not – I'm never going to sit down and be like, God, I would just really want to watch something where somebody gets eviscerated. You know what movie we watched that I think about a lot and it still makes me nauseous when I think about it? Tusk.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's probably the most like body horror movie that we've watched. And it was an experience – I'm glad Ugh. I saw it once,
1: God. but
0: I have no desire, Mandy. to watch it again. Okay, Mandy, but
1: we even then, Mandy,
0: it's the character,
1: <laughs> is it?
0: And I'd, the I situa-
1: the the whole movie was so over the top and delightful, and I enjoyed every moment of it. And I wish I could erase it from my brain so I could watch Mandy again. But yeah, I mean a guy has a knife dick. It doesn't get a whole lot more body horror, gore horror than that.
0: But I think you could take that out and still have most of the movie.
1: Yeah. Hmm. You know what? We're gonna unpack this. Maybe what we need to do is assign ourselves a whole list of like classic horror movies and break and watch them and then break each one down as to why we liked it or didn't we, like it.
0: Let's pick out three and then we can do one podcast and discuss the kind of themes the
1: yeah
0: well, the more abstract structure we'll, of the gory we'll, horror movies. We'll
1: storyboard it. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll workshop this. We're going to come up with this because we were like we don't like gore horror and then we came up with like four gore horror movies that we have seen and mildly enjoyed. So clearly we don't quite understand our taste in the horror genre. It's not something that we gravitate to like bloody horror isn't something we pick up it's
0: not the gore that we like
1: yeah that's a good way of putting it
0: i would say we liked those movies we like a good story of the
1: we like a good splashy gore stuff yeah and we like good character development it can't be about the plot just about the plot actually it can have fuck off our plot the dark didn't have a plot not really not really. It was just following these two characters around, but I loved it. It was fine. I was happy with it. I loved every sneak peek into Mina's little backstory and how it pushed the character forward and how it pushed the way that she interacted with Alex forward. And it's one of those things like in in the flesh where I wish stories like this got more credit or that there was a venue For these stories like this guy made this, he had one place to release it. It made all of $27,000 and then it just disappears into the bottomless abyss that is Amazon Prime. And unless you're going to scroll five pages back, like I generally do, you're not going to find it. You're going to and now when you search in Amazon Prime and I cannot even fucking describe how frustrated this makes me. They give you like one suggestion based on your search and then like two advertisements and then another suggestion based on your search, another suggestion based on your search and then like four advertisements for Amazon originals. It's not just results. based, And they're not labeled. They just don't have anything to do with what you searched. Right. It's like, oh, you were looking for vampire movies? Have you tried watching Reacher or whatever their new spy one that they spent a bunch of fucking money on and nobody watched it? Don't even with me. I am searching for a thing. You need to give me my search results and you got to get your ads out of my fucking face. I cannot stand it. Okay, I went, I'm sorry. I had like, I got triggered just even thinking about it because I was trying a soap to. The soapbox
0: s- fell off the shelf. I was
1: trying to search for something the other day. It. I was just trying to search for something and I just wanted it. I just wanted the thing that I was looking for. And it was like, oh, have you thought about watching these five Amazon originals? No, I haven't, Amazon. I think you're the one slur, and I wish I could not subscribe to you. If I could give you no money, I would give you no money. (sighs) Okay, I'm sorry. I had to, like, I had to get that out. It, like, bubbled. It was like a malevolent bubble. It just had to, like, out of my mouth.
0: Right. It's like a fart. It has to come out. If you hold it in, you could hurt yourself.
1: Right. Exactly. Some of them stink. Some of them are silent. Everybody's got opinions, just like everybody's got farts. So I think we meandered a little bit around the topic here. But the point was, go watch The Dark. It was really good. Give some indie movies a try. There's plenty of them out there. Lots of them are great. Lots of these actors are out there doing an amazing job. It's like everything else. If you just get past the fact that it's not a face you recognize, there's a whole world of content out there. multiple worlds of content multiple worlds multiple languages go find something new and unexpected and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised and sometimes it'll make you fall in love with movies again and so I think we should just leave it there
0: so remember sometimes the strangest things are the most beautiful too
1: so be who you are and love what you love until next time friends bye bye Mm-hmm, well, I chew on my popcorn. This is the exact right snack for podcasting.
0: It's just the right amount of like chewing noise for the microphone. Mm. Like a chip, I think would be too much. Mm-hmm. Be I've got one where spiky I'm eating on Doritos. The sound.
1: Got one yeah. where I'm eating Doritos, and it's like exact reenactment.
0: Yeah, but there's a little bit of the crispy crunch sound on mm. the popcorn, but mm-hmm. it's mostly silent squish.
1: Yeah. Silence (laughs) questions.
0: So you don't pick it up on the recording.
1: Yeah, this is the quality content that I love cutting out of episodes. Mm Mm-hmm.